Welcome to Ghost of a Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Lignato. I'm an astrologer, psychic medium, and animal communicator, and I'm going to give you your weekly horoscope and no bullshit mystical advice for living your very best life. Hey there, ghosties. In this episode, I'll be doing a live reading with one of my beloved listeners. Every Wednesday, listen in on an intimate conversation and get inspired as we explore perspectives on life, love, and the human condition. Along the way, we'll uncover valuable insights and practical lessons that you can apply to your own life. And don't forget to hit subscribe or at the very least mark your calendars because every Sunday I'll be back with your weekly horoscope. And that you don't want to miss. Let's get started. Monique, welcome to the podcast. What would you like a reading about? My question is, am I here to learn how to stop cutting people off? More specifically, am I destined to keep cutting people off or am I here in this lifetime to learn how to stop doing that? I feel like I'm very alone, but it's because I, for a few reasons, don't want to deal with anyone's shit. So the first big cutoff was years ago, a childhood friend from high school. We disagreed over a number of political things and we had a blowout fight that ended our friendship. And then years passed and I left an abusive ex of five, nearly six years at the beginning of the pandemic. I've cut off my own mother and brother for some childhood trauma they inflicted. And I just ended a situationship after six months. That was not the best for me, like objectively. And Mm -hmm. there have been many other people in between all of those severed ties. So right now, like today, I'm thinking about cutting off another friend because of some uncomfortable experiences with her. Mm. I am aware that I'm incredibly indignant, but frankly, (laughs) I do feel, I feel like I'm in the right for why I cut people off. It's almost always for something big. It's physical, emotional, financial abuse, homophobia, fat phobia, racism, some sort of bigotry thing. And I feel justified in the reasoning for sure. However, outside of my family and that very first ex, I've never felt the need to fix issues for very long. I just encounter the problem and immediately think like, this is trash. Let's just move on. Mm. So I've had a number of jobs and I've moved to a number of different cities and I've met people all over the country. I have friends and I keep close with people from college and I could call someone up to catch a movie tonight, but I don't have anyone right now who knows me Mm. or who to call even in an emergency. There's not a whole lot of depth to my relationships right now because I've cut out most most of those old deep relationships once I felt wrong. Mm. And then lastly, I was hesitant to add this before, but I do want to provide context for why I'm asking two major things. The first is that something that informed my spirituality as an adult was that when I was 13, the night my grandmother died, she visited me in a dream and she spoke to me directly. And it was a very peaceful and beautiful moment with her that I I definitely treasure. It wasn't scary at all. And she told me a couple of things about my life that have come true. She warned me about upcoming difficulties with my brother's mental health, which did happen. And she warned me about a medical concern that I was going to have. And that did happen. And she said explicitly, There will come a time in your life where you're going to be alone for a little while and it's going to be really hard, but just know that I'm there the whole time. And I can't remember what she said about what, when or how or why it'll end. And I've seen seen her in dreams after and so have other family members, but I have never had another in-depth conversation like that with her since. So I really hold on to that experience. Mm. And then the second reason was that the medical concern she predicted is this neuroimmune disorder I have. When that set in a couple years ago, I remember being seized up on my couch and I was terrified of being paralyzed for the rest of my life. And I made a vow to myself and like whoever was listening at the time, if and when I heal up, I'm not going to spend another moment dealing with shit from other people. Because if I died right now, I would be so disappointed in my life up until this point. 
And I felt like I had let my life go to waste or allowed people to step all over me up until that moment. And so I was like, if this is it, you know, what the fuck? <laughs> like, if that's all. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I'm I'm just always wondering, am I doing this wrong? Is it part of my life lesson to learn how to cope with hard aspects of other people so I can stop being alone? Or am I doing this stuff right by pruning away and snooping away at trash relationships? And it's just a difficult thing to do. And it's just a lonely period in time. So, mm, okay. Yeah. That's, that's a lot. And we're going to do yes. all of it. So, and you're comfortable with me sharing most of your birth information, just not the city you're from, correct? Yes. Yeah. So that's May 15th, 1996, 6.30 PM in somewhere, Texas. How old does that make you? Born oh, I'm 19. 27. 27. Okay. Pre-Saturn return in your twenties. Excellent. 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 There's a lot in, in your question. And yeah. I want to start by speaking to the last thing you said, because you did something that I think most of us do in our 20s. You've created an idea. It's either this or it's that. That's and, true. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's like either I'm doing the right thing or I'm doing the wrong thing. Either I should keep on cutting out bitches or I have to eat shit from people. Yeah. yeah. And it I don't think it's either of those things. And whenever you catch yourself being like something big and nuanced and complex, I have only two options. You got to know that you're not seeing the whole picture, okay? And that's just like a rule for life. It's like a a pro tip that will never treat you wrong because the truth is absolutely in the middle of those two extremes, right? And I'll I'll get to all that in a moment, but I do wanna say a couple of things. The first is when you mentioned that you had cut off your mom and your brother, what kind of welled up inside of me was congratulations. Like Mm -hmm. that feels just, you know, without like unpacking all the details, because that's not really what we're here to talk about. Like that was a self-preservation move. That was a self-love move. It was. It really was. Yeah. So congratulations. And whether or not you will ever let them back in in any way or to any extent over the course of, you know, life, which can be quite long, you can cross the bridge when you come to it. Right now, I don't see the bridge in front of you. So it's a non-issue. Am I seeing that correctly? Yeah, i her birthday is in one week, so I've been going back and forth about whether or not I want to call her. But yeah, outside of that, <laughs> I haven't well, had a plan to reconnect too deeply. Let's yeah. use that actually as as a place to start, okay? Because again, we're back to the like the the way that you framed your options. You could call her on the phone, you could not reach out to her at all. But there is something in the middle, which is sending a card. Go old school, use the snail mail, not an email. And I say not an email because in email, somebody can read it and just react and write you right back. And that mm-hmm. opens up a door that I don't actually see that you're really willing to open up at this time. Am I right about that? Yeah, you are. Yeah. Yeah. So the snail mail is a, is a delightful gift because you can create, you know, get a, an actually nice card if you want. You can make a card. You can say, I'm thinking of you. I hope you are well. You, whatever you can say in an honest way. Right. Right. You are thinking of her. And if you are thinking about sending her a happy birthday, you probably are wishing her well. And you don't have to put a return address. You don't have to put anything that suggests call me. Right. Right. Like it's honoring that there's a part of you that really loves her because she's your mom and that cares about her. And also honoring that you're not inviting a dialogue. And I want to just kind of say like, okay, so I'm sharing this with you because hopefully it's practical and helpful. But also 
What's interesting about the way you framed your question and the way you're holding this issue is that you're not naming boundaries. You're like, either I let them in and they suck up my life force. You didn't say it that way, but that's kind of how I heard it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> or I cut that's them out and I'm free. Yeah, that's, that's what it seems like, right? Or I cut them out yeah. and I'm free. So it's mm-hmm. either or. But in the middle of that, with some people, there's the option of having boundaries, different kinds of boundaries than you've had before. The thing with your mom is I would say, if you're being kind to yourself, you're allowing the love that you have for her to have an outlet without, you know, costing more than you want it to cost, basically. And this brings me to the fact that you, my friend, have a fucking stellium in Taurus. You have so much Taurus in your birth chart. You've got your moon and Mars conjunct in Taurus and then Mercury and the sun conjunct in Taurus. Mm -hmm. And Taurus, everybody talks about Taurus is stubborn. And I mean, you are not breaking your stereotype. So (laughs) there is that. Okay. But the other thing, the very important thing about Taurus is Taurus is Venus ruled. Mm -hmm. Your primary motivation is to avoid conflict. Now, the people who you cut off might not think that's true. But the truth is, if you were less conflict averse, it might have occurred to you that you could navigate boundaries with people. But because you're so conflict averse, it's either like, you know, off with their heads or, you know, invite them into my house and give them everything that I have to eat. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. And I will, I'll add that I'm a letter writer. So oftentimes when I am cutting people off, it's like, here's how you make me feel. Goodbye. Bye. Now (laughs) suck on that. It's very little, it's not usually a dialogue. So right, 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 right. And, you know, when I recommend that you send your mom I don't know if I'm recommending. I'm suggesting the the idea that you send your mom a card. It is not a letter. It is not like it's because there is an element where I would posit that when you air out all your thoughts and feelings and you don't give the other person room to do the same, it becomes like a power move, right? It's like, bitch, check. And now, even if you were the right one, even if you were the right one, because you pull a power move, now you've given them kind of more power and more righteousness in the situation. Now they don't mm. need to listen to what you're saying because you said it in a way where you're just like, you have to listen to me and I refuse to listen to you. Mm. Again, not breaking the, the Taurus stereotype right here. But I'm not but, doing this a service right now. <laughs> you're not, it's okay. I mean, you know, as somebody with a ton of Capricorn in my chart, it's like sometimes we just have to be what we are. There's a yeah. reason why the stereotype exists and that's okay. The thing to know is that the Torian stubbornness is a self-protection move because it's so much easier to stay, you know, with, I can't see anything, I can't hear anything. Like, you know what I'm talking about? The monkey emojis. Fear no evil, evil, see no evil. (laughs) Exactly. Thank you. Thank you, monkey emojis. It is easier to do that and to pretend that you have some sort of peace, like you're protecting your peace by not engaging. That's where the stubbornness comes from right? It's the desire to feel safe, really. And the truth is that at the end of the day, you create short-term safety and security in yourself at the expense of being known and knowing others, right? And that's exactly what you framed to me in your question. So it's like, you know, it's kind of a perfect question for you. And that said, I must say, you've got a moon-Mars conjunction that is also conjunct your descendant. People bug the shit out of you. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> you know, people annoy the <laughs> fuck out of you. Yes, you they are do. irritable. Yeah. I'm so like I like I said, there's always just a strong like wrongedness to me all yeah. the time where I'm just like, how dare? <laughs> yes. <laughs> For yes. everyone and everything. But yep. yeah. That's Mars. Mars is just like it governs the ego, right? So it's yeah. like, how dare you talk to me that way? How dare you perceive the situation that way? It's it's like really offense. And then and then Uranus forms a square to your moon and your Mars. So you are quick to offense. Uh, if you didn't have that Uranus, you'd be like, oh, that bugs me. And you'd stew on it like a good Taurus. But Uranus is like, I'm stewing on it. And now I'm telling you instantly. Now I'm telling you. There's like, <laughs> it is very hard for you to rein in your reactions. So I want to just say, will you cut off people over the course of your life? Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. And is that a problem? I don't know. Only if they're great people and they're healthy relationships. Right. But at the same time, and and I and I just want to like frame, first of all, there's two reasons why I say that. The first one is, I think that is true of just about everybody who evolves because eventually we break up with the person we're dating. The friendship ends for a reason. Like as we evolve and grow, we will inevitably outgrow relationships and styles and preferences and et cetera, right? I just want to say like, and that's okay. It's not awesome feeling, but it's a part of life. And I think that's okay. And then the other part, which is very specific to you, which is your moon, Mars opposition. Yeah. People annoy you and they offend you. Let's hold them both separate because they are separate. You may conflate them, but they're actually separate things. And when you're done, you're done. The Uranus square to your moon and to Mars, you hit a wall with a person and you're just like, I literally don't care anymore. And that's not the only thing that's true, but there's an element on which that's true. Does that make sense? It does because I sometimes even before they know, I start just mentally being like, well, that's dead. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's Um, done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So all of that said, you have unaspected Venus. Venus is the ruling planet to Taurus, right? Mm -hmm. And your Venus is unaspected. And this predisposes you to identifying what you need for security and stability and a sense of safety in really extreme ways. So sometimes Mm -hmm. the thing that seems like the safest and the most stable thing to do is cut a bitch out. And sometimes the most secure, stable, safe thing that you believe you could do is have people close. And the way in which you do or don't feel comfortable with people it swings. There's like that unaspected Venus can give you a bit of a pendulum swing, which you mm. didn't need help with because Uranus is already squaring your moon and Mars. So right. you, you got it coming Venus. from lots of places, right? Now there's something else. Your North Node is in Libra. Yeah. Yeah. You saw that already, huh? And yeah. <laughs> you saw that. You're like, fuck. And you know, you're too young for us to be too focused on the North Node. But I want to say from an evolutionary perspective, right? You've not, you know, because of the way you framed your question, like, have I come here to cut bitches Mm -hmm. out, right? I I mean, you said it in a more Venusian way, but I'm going to say it in my (laughs) Capricorn way, right? The answer to that is no. And we know the answer to that is no because of the North Node in Libra. And that doesn't mean that the answer is eat shit from people. Oh, no, it doesn't. And again, you've created it's either or. And and we we want to get rid of that belief. Right. Because... The North Node in Libra does indicate that your soul is here to figure out how to authentically share of yourself with others. Mm -hmm. 
Mm. And one of the things that I think is really important about who you are is you are irritable. People <laughs> piss you off. Yeah. It's and just a trait. Okay. It's a trait. <laughs> it's a fucking trait. People piss you off. Yeah. And learning how to navigate that part of your nature is really valuable. And it's really hard because you're so Venusian. So the way that you're so Venusian makes you want to be like even killed and chill and agreeable, but you're not. Yeah. <laughs> you're like super duper not. Yeah. And whatever value judgments you have about that are for you to work on. And listen, I'm not going to say people aren't going to throw those value judgments on you as well, but that Uranus at the bottom of your chart, squaring your moon and Mars, it means you're a real weirdo. And I have no negative connotation with yeah. the word weirdo. Do you have that? Do you have a negative? No, okay, I good. Don't. <laughs> okay. You're a real fucking weirdo. You're an eccentric. You're mm -hmm. going to live your life your way. You're going to have relationships that are not like heterotypical, super normie. Mm -hmm. And that is not a bad thing at all. Zero percent bad. But if you try to force yourself a beautiful round peg into a square box, Mm -hmm. Yeah, then you're mm -hmm. going to you're going to feel battered and bruised by life. In order to have boundaries with yourself and other people, part of what you need to do is to accept yourself that mm -hmm. you are easily offended, you are easily annoyed, and that yeah. doesn't mean you don't have a right to be offended and fucking annoyed. It doesn't mean people aren't wrong, but it does mean that learning how to sit with and listen to your own feelings before you turn them into actions is really important. Real Mm. Okay. Yeah. I've been trying to learn how to slow down and <laughs> not immediately jump into, yeah. let's start the evacuation plan. Yeah. But um, it's probably the hardest thing that I, <laughs> yeah. I deal with. Cause I'm just like, I don't know, like, I don't know where to go from here after they pissed me off because I don't know how to. Yeah. Yep. A hundred percent. So a couple yeah. things. The first thing is we're going to case study this with the friend that you're considering cutting off in a minute. Okay. okay? <laughs> That's going to be yeah. the easiest way to do this. But before we do that, I want to say when you start to feel like, okay, evacuation plan in place, like what I'm seeing happens is that you feel something and it fills you with like icy hot rage. Yes. And it like yeah. fills your chest, like the center of your body up through your throat. Yeah. I have okay. a temper for sure. Yeah. <laughs> But you don't express your temper to people, do you? No, I don't. No. To be quite honest, it is a fundamental thing also where I'm like, so many people in my childhood and life projected their anger onto me mm -hmm. that I am very much like, even when I'm very pissed off, it is not that person's thing to take my like, like physical anger. Sure. You know, I can express it a different way, but I, it is very much not in my nature for me to be like screaming at someone. At I get that. But the mm -hmm. problem is, what you said is so well-adjusted, so mature, yay you, slash, you just repress your anger and then cut people out. Yeah. <laughs> and then you feel awful yeah. because you're left with all your fucking anger. Yeah. What I'm recommending is the worst possible thing. Just want to be clear, okay? Yeah. It's to feel your anger and to recognize I can't be around this person in this moment because I'm so fucking pissed. Mm -hmm. And if I'm around them, all I'll do is imagine ways to, you know, put them on the chopping block. And that that imagination, how I can get rid of the person who's making me feel bad, that imagination is your coping tool for feeling bad. Mm. It doesn't really work. The reason why it doesn't work is because it's not a boundary. 
It's not you feeling your emotions. It's not having a boundary with another person. It's off with their head. You know, you saw Alice in Wonderland. You know the reference, right? No, definitely. My favorite childhood movie. And did you like that character? Yes, I love okay. the Queen of Hearts. <laughs> yeah, sure. Off with their head. I mean, that's kind of your Makes move, sense. right? It's your move. Right. So what I'm recommending that you do is sit with the feelings, understanding that you may cut off their head. That might be the best move. But you can't know until you do not feel that icy, hot rage overwhelming all of your pores. The thing about Mars is it's visceral. We experience Mars in the body. That's why it compels us to act because it's really hard to sit with things in the body, right? Especially things like, I hate this bitch or I want to murder this person or they are offending every fiber of my being and I have to show them that I'm not to be trifled with. All of these are Mars's kind of tape. Now, let's go straight to your case study. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to have you say your full name and her full name. My full name is... And I actually don't know her middle name, but her name is... So she doesn't know that she's on the verge of being fired. Sort of. It's actually funny. I'm doing this one differently uh, than usual, but I have vocalized my discomfort to her Mm -hmm. and allowed her to respond. And it has been a minute. And I I told her, like, I received your message. Just give me a second to process. And so I'm going to respond and we'll see basically if Mm -hmm. I do this. Um, Yeah. Is she a newer friend? Yes, she is. Okay, because she doesn't she doesn't know that you are the queen of hearts. No, No, uh -uh. (laughs) she doesn't. She doesn't really expect it to go the way that it is likely to go. So, no. What did she do? She is a very Christian person. Mm -hmm. Uh, I am not. I'm formerly Christian growing up. I was a Southern Baptist and now I'm something else. And in discussions with other queer friends, we have kind of like pieced some things together where we've been like, is she comfortable with queer people, queer and trans people? I'm the one who felt the, probably the most uncomfortable about it. And so asked, can you please tell me your views on queerness and transness? And she gave me this very long spiel back that wasn't really a yes, but wasn't really a no about whether or not she accepts us, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. And so I've just been processing that because there are there are really positive things about our relationship. I very much as a, a Black person value my relationships with Black women. And so I don't want to cut her out for that reason. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I do not deal with homophobia. I do not deal with like transphobia. Yeah. So again, got this very vague answer from her and have now just been sitting, thinking about it. Like, is this a cutoff moment or is this like, should I slow down, calm down, try to talk to her about it? No. And you're queer. Yeah. Yes, I am. I'm gay as hell. I just want to preface this. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, Very good. Very good. Very good. So she's Christian. She knows you're queer. She's got that like love the sinner, hate the sin thing, right? That's what it feels like. She yeah. didn't say that explicitly. No, but yes, she, she, she's like. done the modern version of it, the modern yeah. liberal version of it. But that's mm. basically like, it's not like I think it's good that you're gay, but I don't, you know, I exactly. don't want to talk about hell. So it's don't worry yes. about it. <laughs> you know, that's kind of what it looks like her thing is. Right. So if you talk about it with her further, you asked her what her take is. Would you then try to convince her to not believe that gay people are going to hell? Because that's really the problem for her, right? Like at, at core. Yes. And I'm, as you know, very not patient and not a teacher and not mm-hmm. the type of person to sit and be like, here are some resources in this. Right. <laughs> yes. So I am trying to figure out, do I want to do a little personality change for this person who I do like? 
and have enjoyed mm-hmm. in other ways and like feel comforted in like a very big city that I live in. Like we have other connections. And so I'm just like, yep. I don't want to toss out a friendship that is valuable. Yeah. But also, yes, I do. I also want to sit and tell you why what you said is fucked up. Yeah. It's it, fucked up. It's, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's exactly. homophobic. But it's actually, this is, because I'm going to say something, you know, there's a reason why I want to do know I'm queer. Her friendship with you is authentic. She right. genuinely cares for you. If yeah. you called her, and you were like, fuck, I'm in the hospital. I need I need a hand or I'm in a situation. Yeah, yeah she'd show up. Yeah. And the fact that she has spiritual beliefs that she doesn't know how to reconcile with the complexity of it's not just the complexity of queerness or transness. It's the mm. complexity of these conversations. Mm. Christianity offers you simple, blunt edge answers. Right. You know what I mean? Good, bad, hell, heaven, duh. Right. Mm. Like, it's just kind of that's it. And she is struggling with her ideas. That's why she gave you a vague answer. Okay. I mean, she gave you a confusing answer that tells you that she's confused. Yeah. And that's what it felt like. You know, I had to sit and maybe think, maybe she's closeted and she's struggling with that. But also at the same time, I felt like it's not my job. No, it's not. Through that at the same time. So (laughs) it's just, but you're right. I, it did feel so vague and muddled that I was like, what was this? I, you shouldn't have even sent this (laughs) if you didn't know what to say. But but she did know. Okay. You asked her to explain. You were like, I am your queer friend and I'm asking you to tell me what you think. Yes. So so she had no choice but to send it. Yes. So don't, you know, I mean, yeah, you ask somebody to like touch your back and then you're like, fuck you. Why'd you touch my back? I mean, now that's on you. Okay. (laughs) So, there's a way that she has revealed to you what you already fucking knew. She's complicated. She is not yeah. inner circle. You cannot completely trust her because there's something that is not completely aligned here. Mm. And yet she is an actual friend. She's not just a pal. Yeah. She would. There are, there are queers in your community that would not show up if shit yeah. got real in your life. And she would. Exactly. And she does not think because of my convictions about Christianity, I know that this person I'm friends with is going to hell. She thinks, I don't want to think about that because that doesn't make sense and yeah. I can't reconcile it. She so, likes us. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. This is how people evolve. Mm-hmm. Is that how you evolve? You you turn these sharp corners really fast and you're like, click, got it. You have to have noticed most people are not like that. Right. And this is part, this is like a couple things in your birth chart, but part of what's hard when you have a stellium, right? You've got four planets in the same sign. You are all you. Like your perspective is fucking fixed earth. Boom, boom, boom. She is clearly not a fixed earth person. Like she's clearly not like a stellium in one sign unless it's like a more mutable sign. And so there's an element here of like she is on her own journey to reconcile her beliefs with the world she's in. And while you don't need to hold her hand through that, I don't see how that actually necessarily harms your friendship or Mm. anything in the pragmatics of how the two of you are. Because when we talk about homophobia or transphobia, there are levels, aren't there? There's there's levels. And some of it is ignorance. Some of it is is authentically fear. And then some of it's like hate. You know what I mean? And she is not hateful. She's not that kind of homophobe. And I wouldn't call her a homophobe. I would say she has a lot of growing up to do. I mean, I would call it that, but maybe that's fucked up because, you know, she has a community that agrees with her or that has told her this is what to believe. So the value of cutting her out because of these beliefs and because she actually isn't like 
doubling down on them. She's not certain. I don't know what that does for you to cut her out. Like, is she trash? She's not trash. Are some of her beliefs trash to you? Yeah. Yeah, it's the beliefs. <laughs> it's some of the, some of the beliefs. I actually, like, if I dissect her from her beliefs, she's probably the funniest person I know. And, like, just as silly as me. Like, we, we mm-hmm. connect that way. And it's so fun to be around her. But then, yeah, it's that belief that I'm like, oh, man. Yeah. The thing is that if all you want in your life is people who are 100% on your page, mm-hmm. you, you already know. That's really fucking hard. There are a lot. There are a lot of people who are 100% on your page, but it doesn't mean you have compatibility. Like there's something of a synergy that occurs in interpersonal relationships. Now, when I look at this, I would say that it is okay for you to say to her, or to say to yourself. You don't have to say to her. Like, I'm uncomfortable with the fact that you're uncomfortable. Mm. I'm uncomfortable with with some of your beliefs because I'm so proud and happy to be as queer as I am. Right. And that is a thing that that is a bit between us, but I really care about you and I value our friendship. And if you ever want to talk to me about it, we can try to talk about it. But I'm going to kind of not talk to you about my dating life too much mm-hmm. because I don't want you to be secretly judging me. You know, you could say something like that and still have a great friendship with her. Yeah, that's real. And what I'm recommending essentially is allowing there to be kind of like different layers of of intimacy and relationship. This person is a really good friend in certain ways and not in others. And as long as you don't need her to be everything to you, right? then you don't have to be everything to her. You can be like, it's June. I'm not talking to that friend so much. I'm busy. (laughs) You know what I mean? Whereas this person hasn't harmed you. This person has a different worldview that is informed by her religion, which is informed by, you know, all kinds of cultural factors, some of which you share with her and that you really treasure in her. It's part of why you like her because it's familiar, even if it's not exactly what you want. There's a familiarity there, eh? Yes, there is. Okay. So tell me what comes up at the idea of not firing her, but having a little bit of an internal boundary around your expectations of her. What comes up around that idea? It's somehow really difficult for me to consider Mm -hmm. (laughs) like it's just because I am so like black and white either or that I just cannot compute this like yeah nuanced thing which sounds really silly but it's I know it's needed and I know it's necessary to try to hold both truths at the same time but I I, I'm struggling I'm not gonna lie but I want this it's just like the practice of that is it's hard it is really hard You know, we're talking about the ways in which you cut people off. But I want to acknowledge that if you're this hard on other people, they are not allowed to have imperfections. They are not allowed to be in the on their journey in your presence. Right. How fucking mean are you to you? Jesus Christ, you must be so mean to you. I am. (laughs) You must be the biggest jerk in the world to yourself. And I'm working on that, too, which is why I'm trying to work on that with other people. So, yeah, yeah, it's very much like it's the same, isn't it? So so I want to just acknowledge that what we're talking about is empathy, grace, and boundaries, not Mm -hmm. eating shit. And right now, you don't know how to identify and gauge what is the difference between eating someone's shit and saying, I don't like that about you. Okay, change my expectations, change what I'm going to do with you. You have a sun-Pluto opposition. 
You have Pluto in the first house, some Pluto opposition. So what's it mean? It means you're fucking intense, dude. Like you are yes. super duper intense. You, do you forgive? No, not so much. <laughs> do you forget? Definitely no. Like, no. you know, no. And oh the only reason why you have this in your chart is from trauma. Some of these are your nature and some of these are your nature as response to trauma, mm -hmm. right? So we don't want to get rid of the part of you that's stubborn. Your stubbornness fucking holds you up. It empowers you. Stubborn is great. You just want to have flexibility and adaptability with your stubbornness so it protects you and doesn't keep you trapped, right? right? Or in a rut. Your intensity, your ability to never fucking forget what a person did, <laughs> that's a superpower when used with intention and moderation. Yeah. When it's not used with intention and moderation, it's just a punishment machine. You're punishing yourself, you're punishing them. You're punishing yourself, you're punishing them. And it sucks for you. I'm going to give you homework. Okay. Good. Okay. You're going <laughs> to, you're going to paper piece of paper. Okay. And you're going to draw some fucking circles. Okay. So the center circle is you. It, you can put in that center cir circle, me, then draw out a couple circles and think about these circles as places where people can be mm. the center, center, center. You're not going to let a whole lot of people in that center. And there's only going to be like an overlapping circle. No one's going to get all the way in there. That's not what we do. Right. But there's going to be people who get really in a circle. Maybe somebody, if you're in a romantic relationship, somebody who's a bestie will get in there. But otherwise, you are allowed to have people who are like three circles out. So right now, there's your inner circle. Then there's like the people who are kind of like in the next circle. So the second one, right. this woman is like on the line between two and three circles out. So, okay, this thing about the homophobia Maybe it pops her a little bit more, a little further out, a little mm. further out. But the truth is, the way she shows up for you as a friend, in act, not in theory, but in actual practice, yeah. that's why she's hugging the fucking line. That's mm -hmm. why she's where she is right now. And I think because your nature is like, cut her out. Well, she's not on our team. Yeah. Cut her out. I would just say push her out. And the further out someone is in a circle, you know, in the circles from you. You adapt your expectations and you adapt what you give them. Yeah. That's all. You are allowed to do this. And I think, again, the way you were raised, there was this kind of mythology of like, you can only trust us. We are the only ones that are are like yeah. our family is it. This is it. Absolutely. And you have to protect us. Right. Mm -hmm. And that was toxic. Yeah. And now, even though you've rejected all of that, you're doing it to yourself. Yeah, but You're just like, me. <laughs> yeah, but just you. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's so isolating and it's punishing. It's punishing yourself as well as others. The reason why I'm telling you to draw it out, you could even get like a dry erase board and like move people yeah. around. That might be helpful because I want it to be like really easy for you to feel like, okay, today this bitch yeah. is in that circle. And oh, wait, today she she just, she jumped circles. She can move. She can move. Real. Yeah. Yeah. And you could even create a system in your phone where you put a strawberry emoji next to somebody who's like real close. And then you put like a bomb emoji next to someone who you can't talk to right now because you'll cut them off if you do. Like yeah. you can create an emoji based system <laughs> right. that is visual, that is like acknowledging the different layers of intimacy that people hold. And this is a way for you to like visually acknowledge not everyone is in the innermost circle. And that doesn't mean that they're your enemy or that they're dangerous for you. Yeah.
I went to an amazing digital event this week, and the whole time I was there, I knew I had to share it with you. It was part one in an eight-part series called Fascism 101. It's hosted by the wildly inspiring Malkia devich Cyril in conversation with Idris Dixon, Ashley Woodward Henderson, and Tarso Luis Ramos. If you're concerned about the threat of fascism in the U.S. and around the world, or just want to learn more about fascism, what it means, what it doesn't, how to engage with it, this eight-part webinar series is seriously for you. It explores the many faces of fascism and the fronts of anti-fascistic resistance. It's so educational, inspiring, and it's free. Don't sleep on this. If you register, you can watch the first in the eight-part series and join live for the remaining webinars. The registration link is in show notes. Are you dating someone now? I was recently, but just no, recently. Uh, okay. And what's the right pronoun for me to use for them? He, him. Okay. So did you end it with him? Yes, I did. Okay. Um, what? Tell me what. <laughs> Tell me what. <laughs> I sound so crazy, but he forced my hand. <laughs> he forced your hand. He made you break up with him. Yes, sort of. Yes. How? A couple of things. Like, I actually did try to resolve things with this person a couple times and then I was kind of in like this last straw mode and he did a thing he invited me over to hang out with him and his friends something happened with his phone and I was standing outside for 15 minutes and I was pissed because I'm mm -hmm. you know just yeah. out in the middle of the night so I left and I get these calls and these texts later that are oh my gosh I'm so sorry and at, whether or not it was real as an accident or not, I don't care mm -hmm. it just was like I was already in final straw mode and so yeah. And that I was do, the reason why you broke up. Yes. And I, I miss this person, but I also felt like you knew like these things upset me and it felt at that point sort of intentional. Um, okay. This yeah. is why we needed to talk about that. The part okay. where things feel intentional. Okay. Yeah. Say that guy's name. So this guy, listen, I'm not saying you should be with this guy, but I am going to say this. I would be pretty stunned if he did that on purpose mm. when I look at this energetically. And I yeah. think what happened for you was because it hurt your feelings so much, it turned into indignation. So instead of feeling sad, oh, yeah. I'm standing here and it's fucking embarrassing and it's like sad and all these things. Instead of being with the sadness, you went to indignation. And for you, indignation is like this bitch did it on purpose. They were doing it to hurt me. They're yeah. laughing at me. It goes into this really paranoid, defensive oh, yeah. place, yeah. right? And I want to say, all the kindness in my heart, your paranoid defensiveness is rarely ever reliable. Mm. And so, listen, should you be with this guy? Not, yes, no, that's not the point of this. But, yeah. but I wanted, I was like, I wanted to look at this because I felt like there was something there and this this was it. It's when you hit this, these feelings of like, oh, I know they're trying to fuck with me. Like when you go <laughs> there, you should know, okay, I'm in my villain activation like i and not just villain to other people villain to yourself like yeah you're having a sad experience your feelings are getting it, hurt i'm literally like compounding on the field i'm making yes. it worse and yes. I, I literally on the drive back as he's calling me and like texting me and stuff i'm like it's all just fake it's all like i'm right. telling myself this this horrible story right. yeah when in fact what's happening is he's mortified that he did yeah this thing to hurt your feelings and it was a stupid mistake that literally anyone could make the point is in that moment, you're like, nobody would make that mistake. That's a, a ridiculous. He knew I was coming. He didn't check his phone. 
all these things. And listen, I'm a fucking triple Capricorn. If somebody is two minutes late, I am like, those are the longest two minutes of my life. If somebody is five minutes late, I'm like, oh, they don't respect me. So it's not like I don't identify with what you're going through, right? But what we need to recognize in ourselves is that whatever it is that is triggering your activation, when you're activated, you, me, anyone, when anyone is activated, we are not perceiving the situation with clarity. And there's this part of you that hears me say this, and please tell me if I'm wrong about this, and hears that I'm invalidating the authenticity of your feelings. See, that's really weird because it's not that it's my feelings. It's more that I'm like, I feel guided to make this choice. I feel guided. Ah. Like, I, so it was Juneteenth. Mm-hmm. It is, that is a very big day for me as a yes. like, former Black Southerner. It started actually in my area, in the Galveston area. And I was hanging out with a black friend all day. This person is white and he knew what day it was. He texted me. He was like, come hang out. And so I literally, I was talking to a friend about this and she was like, I don't think he was doing it to piss you off as a black woman. But I literally was like open on that day for like messages from my ancestors and, you know, everything. And this felt like a divinely led moment where I was like, ah. oh, you're telling me to cut this person off because he disrespected me on this day. <laughs> ah. And I kind of sound so like, bleh, but it's just, it feels like I was like divinely led to this moment and had okay. to like, cut him off for this Okay. Season. This is so important. I'm so glad you're bringing this up. So there's a couple things. The first thing is, even if you're dating a white person, is that the best day of the year? For you to go meet him with his friends? The answer is always 100% of the time going to be no. You know what I mean? So so that's just like, you know, again, we're back to having a boundary with yourself, right? It's like, you knew, you knew that that was not the time, right? Like you knew you should have hung out with your friend or met up with a different friend. Like this was not it. That's one thing I want to say is that if cultivating boundaries with yourself and others isn't a massive part of what you prioritize, then you're going to feel like things happen to you and at you a lot, right? Whereas like you knew in your fucking guts, don't drive to this stupid white boy, even if I'm in love with him, it doesn't matter. Like don't you knew it, right? Yes, I did. Okay. 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 (laughs) Oh my God. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm just thinking because literally before I left, I was like, I probably shouldn't go. And then I was like, nope, ignore it. And then yeah. So Mm -hmm. that's. So that was the guidance. That was the guidance. If your ancestors were talking to you, it was like, maybe you shouldn't go. That was the guidance. So so when you are, no, don't be embarrassed. Don't be embarrassed because this is like, listen, whether we talk about inherited trauma, right? We're talking about like epigenetic fucking trauma, whether we're talking about lived experience from your own childhood, whether we're talking about just your fucking personality, all of these things are valid and real and you do not need to be perfect. You do not. Listen, you do have strong intuition and you do get guidance. But here's the rule. From my perspective and in my experience, when we are activated, we are not receiving guidance. Because mm-hmm. think of it this way. You know what it feels like to be pissed, right? It's like you're, you're in like a fucking like firestorm. How, how could your guides cut through that? How could your ancestors cut through that? That's not where we're getting guidance. The guidance is that little voice in your head or in your gut that says, maybe don't get in the car and go to the stupid white boy's house. Yeah. That's the guidance. The voice of our guidance and our like kind of guiding systems tends to be more neutral. And if you think back to 
the visitation from your grandmother after she passed, there was a neutrality in the way she connected with you, eh? I mean, you didn't say that, but... No, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing. Everyone wants it to be like these like massive bolts. But when we're activated in these massive bolts, we are not open. We are so turned in on ourselves because... Again, this is like all of your activation on all the levels is getting stimulated. Mm -hmm. And then you're not actually receiving your guidance. Yeah. yeah. So this is a really valuable thing. The next time you have a little voice in your head that's like, mm, maybe don't, maybe don't do this. Or maybe, maybe hang out with a friend a little bit longer. If it's neutral, try to trust it. Because the feeling that you have of activation. And again, it's like on a scale from one to 10, your activation that night was like 50, right? Like your activation was, so whenever your activation hits an eight or a nine, let alone in the double digits. Okay. Yeah. That's when you know that you're in your feelings and you need to cope with your feelings instead of figure out the answer because your gui guidance can't get through. And it's not just you like I think this is how humans are wired, but I would say it's certainly you because of how quickly you go to defensive and paranoid and vengeance will be mine. Yeah. <laughs> right. I want to kind of come back to your central question of do I have to keep on cutting people off? I do want to reiterate. I do think you're a person who will cut people off in your life. And I don't think that that's a bad thing for you. Sometimes people need to get cut the fuck off and more people in the world should cut people off than they do. A lot of people are like, I need to keep my high school friends. And the question is, do you? Do you? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Do you? But also cultivating boundaries with yourself where you sort through your expectations of that person and you sort through what you're projecting onto the situation is really valuable. And recognizing that like there are some people in the world who will go out of their way to be like, fuck you. I want to hurt you on purpose. But that guy, yeah. <laughs> he wasn't that kind of guy, was he? No, he's not. No, he's not. He's not the kind of person. That was totally like a, an activation narrative for you. And that doesn't mean you should be dating that person. But I think it's really important to, to ground into now that you're not activated, you can kind of see that. And the key here is to not be an asshole to yourself about it. So let me let me pull you up because I see you're starting to like smoosh yourself down. Yeah. Yeah. It's I knew I kind of fucked up there. And so I'm just mm -hmm. like, damn, do I fix it? Do I like leave it alone? Yeah. Let's talk about that for a hot second here. If there's a way that you want to seek repair, it's got to be in regards to owning your participation and not making the other person feel any kind of way. Right. Because you don't get to control that part, right? It can't be a way to assuage your guilt. So in this moment, you are not ready to do a fucking thing about it. Let's yeah. just stay with it. Okay. You're you're in okay. your activation. You're <laughs> you're in your activation. And that's okay. Yeah. It's a different kind of activation. It's sad. But you can, this is gonna be, I don't know, maybe you'll like this, maybe you won't. But what you can do is write a letter that you've mm -hmm. no intention of sending where you own your part. You do not excuse it, defend it, or explain it. Very hard work for you. Yeah. Just be like, this really hurt my feelings. I overreacted. I know you probably weren't trying to harm me. I'm sorry for the way I treated you in that, in that regard. It wasn't out of malice. I was just really in my feelings. Boom. 
Like that yeah. would be the ideal kind of letter. But you have a Sun-Mercury conjunction. You will never write something so succinct in your life. So that's not my <laughs> advice. My advice is to write the letter right. and then to rewrite the letter and then to rewrite the letter and then mm. to edit the letter. And then you edit it down to the most essential things that need to be said. So it will right. go from a tiny novella to a different tiny novella to a different tiny novella to an edited version and then another edited and then another edited. When we are apologizing, like really like seeking to create repair, really shouldn't be more than a paragraph because otherwise you're defending yourself. Yeah, and you know what it's, you. yeah, yeah, exactly. You're, and you know, you are, when people try to apologize to you, you fucking hate the way they do it most of the time. So you actually know this stuff. Yeah. It's not supposed to be about your feelings and fixing. Yeah. It's supposed yep. to be just getting it across. It's about acknowledging like I have cooler heads have prevailed in this moment. And I'm like, oh shit, you weren't trying to hurt hurt me it was an error and you know word 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 best of what luck see you later bye bitch you know and that that can be something that you decide to send or not but i do think that there is a value in doing this in this situation because it's a good practice for you mm -hmm. to figure out how to have accountability without having shame yeah. without being the bad guy he made a mistake and you made a mistake two mistakes and you can own your part. You don't have to, but you can. And I think it will lighten the weight of how you feel about it. Yeah. But but again, the key here has to be not trying to fix it because all that yeah. Venus is like, I want to make it better. I want to like smooth it over. And that's not what, I mean, that's not what this is about is smoothing. It's not about smoothing it over. Now, say your full name out loud again for me. Do you have a history of depression? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So this is what happens is when it's not my fault, then you go into the deepest of the Saturnian layer and then everything's your fault. Mm. And so it makes sense that you want everything to be so extreme, good, bad, all, nothing. And I want to say that the, the muscle, the skill of having grace for mistakes and imperfections it's not a different one for other people than it is for yourself. Just different applications, you know, different shoots and ladders that it has to go through. But at mm -hmm. core, it's the same fucking muscle. Okay. And so this is not about letting other people off the hook. No, it's about taking the hook out of your own heart. It's about giving yourself permission to fuck up. Sometimes you're the one who makes an error. And the only thing that I have found that really alleviates the level of like, guilt and depressiveness that you have about this sort of thing is accountability and humility. In other mm. words, it's just being accountable, learning from it and owning it. And you do not need to perform any of these things, but you do need to cultivate these things as you talk to yourself. Right. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Because if you're going to continue to be such a huge dick to yourself, <laughs> it's going to be, I'm sorry, but I can see what's going on in there. And it yeah. is unacceptable conduct. It's going to be really hard for you to have the adaptability to shift how you are with others. Have you ever heard mm -hmm. me talk about puppy talk rules? Yes, I think so. Okay. So you catch yourself being a dick to yourself and then you say puppy talk rules requires that I say, okay, self, I'm slightly dissatisfied with you and I am feeling lots of rage, but I'm going to take a break from treating you like shit self and I'm going to be nicer. Like you can, right. even if it's awkward and stupid, find a way to restate that terrible right. thing you said to yourself. Okay. The cool thing is you are very capable of change. You're a person who changes. The bad thing is, ooh, this is going to drive you fucking nuts and hurt like hell to do. It's going to take a long time. 
And that doesn't mean you won't make progress tomorrow. Like the whole thing isn't going to just go away. And again, you're going to remain an irritable person who wants to cut a bitch. And that is part of your nature you're going to learn to work with, hopefully, right? Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, I do think you want a partner. And this brings me to the last thing that I wanted to make sure I said to you. And do you want to be partnered? Am I saying that correctly? I do. Yeah. Yeah. I was actually engaged at a point, but I (laughs) Mm -hmm. broke that off. But I do still want partnership. I mean, you have a stellium in Taurus in the seventh house. Of course you want partnership. I do think you can be partnered as long as you're not locked in with a contract. As long, and that doesn't mean as you age, you're not going to want to be like domestic partners or something so that you can like be in the hospital room if shit goes sideways. Like there's a, there's like governmental advantages to being, you know, work around it is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I think you need space. So. In a fantasy land, you're in a duplex. You get upstairs, they get downstairs. Right? Yes, yes, 100%. Yes. Or you're on a piece of land and you have to walk a nice 10-minute walk down a path and now you get to stay at their place or they stay at your place. And I want to just validate, you don't need to grow out of that. You don't need to adapt to that. And if, you know, finances make it so that you can't have a fucking duplex or whatever, you don't have to live with someone, first of all in order to be partnered. And second of all, if you do live with someone, it's really important, like super fucking important that you have separate bedrooms. Yeah. Separate bedrooms. (laughs) You're welcome. Yeah. Because I I have, I have said this before and I have been looked at like I had three heads and I was like, it's not that I don't love my partner or partners or whatever, but I just don't think you're supposed to be on top of people like that. Like Agreed. Yeah. hundred percent. And that's not for everyone. Again, you're an eccentric person. You're a queerdo. So live a fucking queerdo life. And that means giving yourself permission to have these boundaries. It's not about the person you're with. It's about you. You need space. You need to feel like I'm choosing to sleep with this person instead of it's either this or I'm in my car tonight. Like that's not a choice, you know? And so I want to just say that this is your nature, that even if somebody is your best friend or even if you're madly in love with them, you still need space from them. They're still going to bug you. And that's okay. You have a less kind of fatalistic, all or nothing, you know, fixed earth sign kind of relationship to these feelings, then you can just be like, oh, this is where I need to go and like write for an hour or it's where I need to go take a walk or it's where I need to like listen to music with headphones because I don't want them to enjoy what I'm enjoying because I need something just for my fucking self. (laughs) Like that's all good. You just need to find ways that are more sustainable and loving towards yourself and then therefore others when you get activated in your emotions. Thank you so much. I I feel lighter. I'm not going to lie. Oh, that makes me so happy. That makes me so happy. Every year they say the end is near, but we're still here.